0: Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare Short-Term Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, my wonderful, beautiful friends. Guys, welcome back to our slash entitled people. For in today's episode, the most entitled people ever get a healthy dose of malicious compliance. And the stories are super, super satisfying. Guys, I hope you enjoyed today's lineup. Hit subscribe if you haven't. And as always, you can send or link your crazy stories to this email right here. Let's dive in. So I'm a teacher in Arizona, home of one of the most underrated education systems in America, in my humble opinion. So it's the end of the marking period, and my school has a US standard A, B, C, D, or F grading system. I teach an algebra class to 8th graders who are either smart enough or their parents want them to be smart enough. As we come up to the end of the year and I'm posting grades, I'm reminded of this time last year when I got to serve up some compliance that was as delicious as it was malicious. I had a super entitled parents of one young buck that actually came up to me in person while I was on after school duty to discuss an issue he had with grading. Now for all the teachers out there, I am feeling the wave of FERPA violation coming over you. And yes, this is true. I told him that I can't discuss grades in a public setting. I didn't get to the word setting entirely before he interrupts and says, BS, we're at school, and this is my kid. I'm the one giving permission here, so let me ask you. And I'm thinking to myself, great, I guess we're doing this while I'm directing traffic. I then realize the issue of safety, so I'm like, sir, I need to direct traffic. And then he continues talking utter nonsense while I'm looking down the road for more cars to wave down for pickup. The guy's just going and going. I hear a word or two, like, you said, and he's already turned in that. And finally, as I get to a lull and look at him, the guy says to me, and there's no way in hell that I'm letting you fail my child, and also put the comment that he's a pleasure to have in class. You need to change this right now. Enter the light bulb of malicious compliance. The lull was about to pick back up when I say, hey, you do make a good point, I don't know what I was thinking. I'll change it the second I'm done here. Which is actually possible because I always have my iPad on me pretty much at all times. The Karen of a dad then walks back to his parked car with his child visible and looking at me from the passenger side. And I swear, the guy actually said, that's what I thought. Which if you're unfamiliar, it's the thing said to you when you've lost an argument that could have been a fight because you chickened out. Not responding to this is conceding defeat, usually. So as the dad finishes his little victory strut to his car, I give the kid a thumbs up and the kid slowly gives me a sheepish thumbs up back. Hilarious, the kid seems to somehow know what the dad doesn't. So the second I get to a secure private location, I go into the grade books and change the comment from he's a pleasure to have in class, to respectful to teachers and staff. Which is more than I can say for the kid's dad. Needless to say, he still got an F, which was deserved. And yes, I made this change on the toilet. Guys, I can't imagine being a teacher and dealing with entitled parents all the freaking time that truly think that it's impossible for their little angel to fail a class. Now, I have been told that once upon a time, if a teacher gave a student a mark, guys, like, that was it. Like, if the teacher gave little Jimmy an F in math, he would go home and the parents would be like, okay, Jimmy, what can we do to improve your grades? And nowadays, if Jimmy gets an F, You have a parent like this dad coming in, harassing the teacher, asking why. Why the heck would you fail my kid? What is wrong with you? Why are you not teaching this properly? Surely it can't be my boy who doesn't pay attention in class, doesn't study for exams, and puts in very minimal effort. Why give him an F? Alright, it's been a busy summer in the Mendy's American fast food joint, and I've had many things happen that I could have written about, but this one takes the proverbial cake. We have a regular, a frequent flyer if you will, This man is an adult dressed as a child, who's been coming in every day with a 40 plus ounce cup to fill up at our machines. For a million reasons this is unacceptable, it's also theft. The guy never buys a drink, he just comes in to fill up at our machines. I tell the guy he has to pay, that he can't keep doing this, and he flips me off, smiles, and says he doesn't give an F about the police, that I should call them. So I get the guy's plate number, text it to my boss, but my boss Roberto says, you can't call the cops, OP, and I can't and I won't for this. And I'm thinking, okay, fine. Meanwhile, it just gets worse. He now comes in with multiple cups, fills it up, and runs back to his very new Mercedes and drives off. Stealing is stealing and this entitled prissy pants prick who's driving a really expensive car really ticked me off. So I decide to hatch a plan so devious, so immature, so irresponsible that I kind of hate myself for thinking this up. I wait a couple of days and then decide that it's time for some payback. Now my manager said that I can't call the cops but not that they couldn't be called by someone else. Yesterday, Prissy Pants comes in with his cups, flipping me off midstream. So I decide to use my Joe Exotic Hillbilly voice and say, Help! Help! He's stealing my soda! He's stealing all my soda! Help! Help! And of course, this gets everyone's attention, including the two paramedics ordering their usual 3pm lunch. Prissy Pants sees the one paramedic pick up their walkie-talkie to call a theft in progress, which agitates him to the point of throwing a chair and running for it. The guy trips, gets some minor abrasions, and he's observed by the paramedics for a long time, long enough to let the cops show up and arrest him. The cops gave us a link to send the video to, and I had the pleasure of ringing up 67 individual large sodas on one receipt to hand in as evidence. And when adding the damage to our chair and the window, it's more than enough for the police to move on this and impound the guy's pretty little car. And yes, the paramedics and I were in cahoots to get this called in without me calling the police. The paramedic was supposed to pretend to call to scare him out of there, but she really called it in, evidently. Thanks, Joe, for having her back here at Mendy's. Guys, it's actually so baffling that people like this actually exist. Like, did he in his mind think that stealing a $2 drink is okay because it's only $2? And guys, I'm actually shocked because there are some people in the comments that are actually defending him saying that the stores are the real thieves for marking a penny's worth of syrup and then selling it for two to three dollars. All I can say is I would never in a million years even think about doing that because theft is theft like OP says. And this person comments, I used to work in retail and our policy was to never call the cops for minor theft. Apparently, prosecuting shoplifters required sending the store manager to testify, which meant paying for overtime. Basically, it was almost always cheaper to let them steal than to prosecute them. Ain't that something? Guys, let me know what you think, and while we're on the topic of thieves telling people to call cops, listen to this. So my usually not irresponsible teenager lost his phone, and just realized it, while competing in a district track meet that he was invited to. This fueled my urgency to find his phone more than its value or anything else. I had my daughter use her Find My Phone app to see it at the local convenience store. I refreshed the search to see that it was hovering around the space of the store and the parking lot, almost back and forth between the two locations. I tell my daughter that I'm taking her phone with me to the store to retrieve it, in between my son's events, the 100 meter discus and the shot put. I arrive through the doors, phone up in hand, like I'm on a timed scavenger hunt. The clerk gets suddenly shifty, looking at me, and then looking away, and then looking at his customers. Understandable with how I entered. I then jumped in line, patiently waiting for the customer in front of me to interview the clerk, about the state lottery system, a barrage of ridiculous questions that I couldn't even write up. Finally, it's my turn, and now I'm the only customer in here. I've also noticed that upon refreshing the app, that it hasn't moved since I entered the store. So I begin with what would be a line of my own questions. I say to the guy, hey, my son lost his iPhone, and apparently this app says it's near here. Has anyone turned in a phone? The lying clerk says, nope. I retort and say, could you look around and see, because I've refreshed this over and over for the past 20 minutes, and it's here. So liar McLiarston continues his poorly spun web of lies, saying, I don't know anything about it, man, so quit bothering me. You lost your phone, so get over it. At this point, I push him and say, dude, it's here, where's my phone? The guy says, if you want to make it a whole thing, go ahead and call the cops. See what they do. And I'm thinking, okay, let's just do that. Now, I know that I can ping the phone to make noise, but I don't know if he's got it in his car, in the back room, or somewhere I can't go without getting arrested, like behind his counter. So I call the cops and explain the situation, as well as my suspicions. The police ask what app I used, and if it's active and if I have any more evidence that it's in his possession. I explained that I didn't want to ping it yet until they could help, and they agreed to send a car out. I wait outside at the next door Dutch Bros out of his line of sight, hoping he was convinced I left. The police arrive, and I flag them to me showing the app. They took my ID, which was weird, but whatever, and we end up entering the store together as I ping the phone. The phone goes off, and it's in his office. The guy answers questions as he gets handcuffed and I get the phone back to the track meet in time just to miss my son getting second in discus. Yeah, so Ophi has a lot of people riled up in the comments, because they chose not to press charges. The biggest reason is that the kid's not gonna learn a lesson, because a lot of people are saying that the guy's probably also stealing from the store he works at, because if he's gonna steal a customer's phone and then be dishonest about it, that there's a good possibility that he's taking things home. With that said guys, I love how many good people there are in the comments, just telling stories about the times they found lost phones and got them back to their owners. Once upon a time, I was working a seasonal retail job at a craft store chain. It's also important to note that for the purposes of their sales, lighted tree toppers, lighted decorations, string lights, etc. were all separate categories. On this fateful day, the light tree toppers were on sale for 30% off. The rest of the lighted decor on the aisle was not. The sales were very clearly marked. And it's even listed in the email that Karen was using to present her coupon. So Karen approaches my register with her tree topper. The register recognizes the discounts and applies them automatically in most instances. This being no exception. So the 30% applies itself. I then say to her, your total is going to be $18.90. Karen then presents her 20% off coupon. And that's when I tell her, I'm so sorry, ma'am, but this coupon is not applicable to sale items. To which the Karen says, Those aren't on sale. The lights aren't on sale this week. I then show the copy of our sales bulletin on my counter, and I say, I apologize for the confusion, ma'am. This actually falls under the tree topper category. You'll see here that it's 30% off, and I won't be able to apply the coupon, but you'll be getting the already discounted sale price. At this point, the woman freaks out, saying, I'm telling you, I don't want any sale. You are gonna take my coupon, and you'll take it right now. Now, I should probably mention that she was in at least once weekly, and she always yelled about sales and coupons every single time. And then she would always declare that she was never coming back, only to be back the following week to do the exact same thing, to try to get her way. I then tell her, ma'am, I would have to manually override the sale price and apply the coupon manually as well. To which she says, then do it. I'm telling you it's not on sale and I'm using my coupon or I'm reporting you. Don't make me get you fired. At that I say, yes ma'am, if you insist. I got visual confirmation from my supervisor in the way of a hand signal that we used to mean, go ahead. Now, the woman wasn't too happy when I did exactly as she demanded, and her total came out to $21.60. And at that point, she screams, you are stealing from me. I demand to speak to the manager. I'm never coming back here again. My shift supervisor had been on the next register over the whole time to combat the afternoon rush. That's how she managed to give the visual approval in the moment. She took great joy herself in telling the Karen, you have the exact discounted price you demanded. You can pay it or you can leave. And oh, you're never coming back? Do you promise? Karen paid her $21.60 with her head hung. And guess what? She was back the next week. It's so funny that the supervisor actually said out loud what employees think when rude customers say they won't come back. Like, you gotta give it to Karen, though. Coming back week after week after week, guys, I wouldn't dare show my face ever again at any store if I ever made a scene like that and threatened to never come back. But I'm also not surprised. If you've been listening to these stories, you'll know that Karens are liars and they feel no shame whatsoever. So about 15 years ago, I worked in a large hospital for kids in the maintenance department. Our manager, let's call her Karen, was a major bitch. Not one person on our team liked her, and we outwardly showed no respect for her after constant harassment towards us in the two years she worked there. The woman would call us on the maintenance radios just to be rude or tell the guys that they were being incompetent. It was beyond micromanagement, but also rude on top of it. She expected the maintenance guys to come do work at her house for free, or she would tell some of the hospital vendors that she would guarantee the hospital contract if they did work at her house for cheap. She used to brag about this to me. Karen and I were the only women in our department of 25 people. At the time, I was a mouthy 20-something-year-old, and I didn't care for her attitude and I would regularly say, yeah, sure, whatever, when she asked me to do things. I would do what she asked, because it was my job, but I would make a non-committal remark like that. One time, she asked me to come to her house, to help her pull down the dead trees in her backyard, since she was having a pool installed. I told her no, mainly because I wouldn't do it for someone I liked, let alone her, and pretty sure soon after that, she started treating me even worse than she did before. She had been trying to get me in trouble since then, such as CCing her buddy in HR on emails to me, asking for status on projects that I was working on, and she wanted my replies in writing. So fast forward six months later, me and one of the maintenance guys were chatting in the office, and I was five months pregnant with my first baby. Karen asked me to do something, and I don't remember what it was, and I said, yeah, sure, whatever. I'll do that in a few minutes and I turn back around to talk to my coworker. Karen's standing behind me, and I hear her whisper, I wish I could slap the crap out of you. I can see my coworker saw her say it too, and I made no comment, but I was shocked. I acted like I didn't hear her though. She left the office a minute later to do something. And that's when I get up, walk down the hall to the employee health department, because I'm fuming, and my heart was racing. I was pissed. Also, five months pregnant. The nurse has me lay down for a bit, take my vitals, and write up a formal report. An hour later, she sends me back to my desk as an okay to keep working. When I log back in, I see an email from Karen. HR was CC'd, and she asked where I had been for the last hour, as she called the office phone a bunch of times, and I had abandoned my desk. So I email her back saying, I apologize for being away from my desk. When you said you'd like to slap the crap out of me, I was so upset that I had to be calmed down, and have mine and baby's vitals checked at employee health. They were actually concerned about my hostile working environment and they wanted me to stay there for the full hour i made sure i bcc'd her buddy in hr all of hr her boss his boss to make sure that everyone saw it i was summoned to hr about 30 minutes later i knew karen hadn't seen my reply yet and this was in the early 2000s and her computer was down in the office near me they had me go home for the day and put me on admin leave for three extra days I came back to the office to see her desk had been emptied out, and we never saw her again. Those guys in maintenance threw me the best baby shower ever three months later. All I can say is damn, that is the perfect example of keeping your mouth shut when you have nothing good to say, because you might actually destroy your career. And it must have been a great feeling seeing Karen's empty desk and thinking, hmm, I did that, she deserved it. Alright, so here's a quick story, but it was absolutely hilarious. I work at a US western popular counter serve. It's a laid back Mexican place. It's the most popular in Utah and has locations in the surrounding states. It's like a subway for Mexican food. We serve burritos, tacos, enchiladas, salads, quesadillas, and more. All with customizable ingredients. At this place, we have very organized and guideline set portioning. The meat is the most portioned, with there being regular checks that the guest is not being given too much or too little. So of course, we get really busy at times, and this happened last night, and it was really crazy. I was working at the front of the line, where the guests select the entrees, tortilla, rice, beans, and meat. One guest, a larger woman comes in, and immediately starts complaining how long the line is, very loudly. We're getting through the guests as fast as we can, but it's quite slow because it's incredibly busy, and we keep running out of more popular meats. Because they have to be grilled and cooked. Karen then gets to the front and absolutely starts laying into me about how long the line is. I try to keep the interaction moving in order to keep the line moving. So I take her order. And she orders a pork salad. Now I don't care all that much for the portioning. So I give a little extra if I can get away with it. So I do this for her. And that's when Karen snaps, Hey, that's not enough meat. Give me more. I say to her, I'm sorry, would you like extra meat? That would actually cost a bit extra. Karen says, no, I just want the regular amount. You are being effing stingy. That's not four ounces. I know the owner of this place and I know exactly how much it should be. I reply, it is accurate according to our portion standards. Now we go back and forth for a minute, but I've had enough. And the Karen says, just get me the correct amount of damn pork. It's not that hard. Do your job. And at this point I'm thinking, okay then, I will. So I get a scale, and she watches me put the pork in, and it reads 5.9 ounces. I then scoop out some into the trash until it reads exactly 4 ounces. And I say, there you go, the exact amount of pork. The woman doesn't even bother finishing her order. She doesn't even ask for a manager. She just flips me off, says F you, and storms out. Now that's not the most dramatic story, but it was damn funny. So I'm really starting to enjoy these stories where people complain that they don't get enough, when in fact they got a little bit too much, guys. And unlike the Karen who threatened to never come back, I'm pretty sure this is one customer who will actually never be back. So, this is a smaller one, and it happened when I was still living in a student dorm for the first few years of university. Each room in my dorm had their own sink, with showers and toilets in a shared space, so you could at least brush your teeth and get ready in peace. I happened to have a next door roommate who I very seldomly saw, due to our schedules. However, you could hear the water running from time to time. I have an electric toothbrush, which is important for the story. So one day, I was brushing my teeth as usual and rushing out the door to the university, when said roommate comes out of his room with a wolfish grin. The guy says to me, Hey, you can just call me the next time you feel the need to run that electric thing in your room. At first, I didn't get it, and then I was quite disgusted, as he obviously thought I was using a vibrator twice a day. At night, I was still disgusted by his behavior, when I got the idea to just do what he wanted me to do. So I grabbed my toothbrush, knocked on his door, and smiled as sweetly as possible. Hey, I need to use my electric device now, and since you offered your help, and that's when I saw his face light up. Until I shoved my toothbrush in his face, and realization dawned on him. I've never seen anyone turn red this fast. And for the next few weeks, I knocked on his door every time I brushed my teeth. And since I decided that my dental hygiene was a priority now, I upped brushing my teeth from twice to thrice a day. The guy got super uncomfortable every time I knocked and asked him about dental hygiene tips. But the guy was never creepy towards me again. Guys, I am so glad that he embarrassed himself into silence after realizing that OP was just using a toothbrush. And I'm super glad that OP gave him exactly what he asked for, which was a knock on the door every time she brushed her freaking teeth. And that, my friends, brings us to another end of our slash entitled people. Guys, I hope you enjoyed today's stories. If you did, hit that thumbs up. And if you missed the last episode on the channel, I'll link it right here. A psycho Karen tries to kidnap OP because she wants a daughter. Guys, it's such a crazy, crazy story. So go check it out. And myself and Stevie Boy will see you guys in the next one. We love you.